Do you want to rem- uh, rem- Hey everybody, this is Dr. Kevin McGovern and today is Thursday, the 6th of May and it is uh time for the uh Prove It Live podcast episode number 22, I believe. And without further ado, I'm going to turn over to my co-host, the ever handsome Mike Ferry. Hi, everybody! <laughs> welcome, welcome to the Prove It Live podcast. Uh, I'm your co-host, Mike Ferry, from the Farm Baseball Performance Institute. Here with my uh, my uh, what's what, what kind of adjective can I use to pay back uh, uh, my equally handsome uh, co-host, Kevin McGovern, Doctor yeah. Kevin McGovern, uh, and uh, and and the stunning Ryan stunning, Agni, and uh, my golf partner. And and the golf partner of uh, Kevin McGovern make more noise in the background. <laughs> um, Sorry. Uh, so today we got a uh, we got a we got a fun show today. So um, got I think I think it's going to we went from sort of a controversial topic last week and we're we're, we're taking on another one here. Uh, this in the world of softball. Um, so I can't wait to get into that. I know Kevin has some strong opinions and, uh, we're going to lean on him a lot for the sort of the medical view, the physiological, kinesiological, uh, input from what we talk about, but not epidemiologically. Well, I can't but not epidemiologically. That. Yeah, yeah. That, that one, I don't yeah. know anything about that. Uh, well, thankfully it's not well, going to here. Pu- like, I am fully vaccinated, but I could, if you need, if you need me as to. Am, actually, I think we're all fully vaccinated. I can. I can, hold on. I can put we on. We can my, do this in person if we want. Wait, yeah, are you fully vaccinated, Kev? I thought fully, you brought fully. Oh, you get the Johnson and Johnson after. No, no. I got last uh, Monday. I got the uh, second Pfizer. One of our friends' wives got the uh, Johnson and Johnson like literally the day before they yanked it off the show. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. One, yeah. Of, one of my good friends did the same thing, and we just ragged on him for you know a few days in the in a group chat. Yeah. Well, he wasn't. Right. He wasn't thrilled about that. No, no I'm sure. All right, so top of the order, Ryan, what do we got? Uh, we're going to start with uh, some news out of Major League Baseball yesterday. John Means for the Baltimore Orioles uh, threw the team's first complete game no-hitter since uh, Jim Palmer did it back in 1969. It was the longest stretch that any Major League team had gone uh, between no-hitters. Uh, excuse me, between complete game no-hitters because the Orioles did have uh, a combined – four-pitcher no-hitter back in 1991. Uh, and a little interesting news on this. This is actually believed to be the first game uh, no-hitter where they also didn't – the pitcher did not give up a walk, uh, did not hit a batter, uh, did not have somebody reach on what's considered an error. So normally you would think that would be a perfect game, right? Uh, however, in the third inning, uh, John Means struck out a batter. Uh, who then reached first base on a pass ball on a drop third strike? And Wait, wild pitch or pass ball? Was it- wild, wild, wild pitch. pitch. Watching, I will say, I will say that watching the uh, the highlight, I think uh, wild pitch was scored generously. I think it was definitely a pass ball on the catcher. Uh, well, it wouldn't have mattered either way because it right. wouldn't have been a perfect game, right? Right, right. But still, um, was it in the dirt? Yes. Yeah, it was a curveball in the dirt that, it, honestly, to me, it looked like the catcher misread the the break of it, and he kind of came out of his crouch, and then it went five hole on him and, and got by. Hmm. And then a couple pitches later, that that uh, that runner was thrown out trying to steal second base. So uh, Means did face the the minimum twenty seven batters uh, for his uh, his first career no hitter. Nice. It's the most exciting thing about the Baltimore Orioles world in uh, like literally since the, op- yeah, the opening day of Camden Yards. Since 1969 and Jim Palmer's no hitter. Right, right. Oh, and by the way, when you do get a chance, you stat nerds, you should look up Jim Palmer's stats because if we speak about underrated pitchers, arguably he could be the best pitcher ever. If Just look at his numbers and 20 game winners during the time that he pitched. But where does he rank on the all-time strikeouts list? Uh, he just he's he has top five, right? No, but I think he won. Well, it takes him out of, out of the running. He, he, he took one. He had I think he won twenty games seven times, uh, f- three in a row, and then four in a row. And the only the, the time that he didn't, he was injured that year. I mean, that's he did uh, four in a row from seventy to seventy three. That was 20, 20, 21, 22. In 74, he only had seven, which, again, it does look like he was hurt back He year. was injured, yep. And then the following four years, he went 23, 22, 20, and 21. So eight out of nine years with uh, with over 20 games. That's, That's insane. 
That's that, that that's good. I mean, I bet a lot, I think a lot of guys did that, you know, right up into the eighties. I mean, you know, I remember uh Bob Welch for the athletics. Uh not, not nine Stewart. times he did it. No, no, <laughs> but he almost had 30 one year. Um I think Dave Stewart had like you know several back to back years. But anyway, um all right, we could we could we can maybe debate that another time. I, I think you have to be at least in the and I don't even know, I'm not looking at baseball reference, but I I, I would I would bet dollars to donuts that he's not in the top five of and career strikeouts. In fact, I think I know he's no, not, but he would um, have 2,212. Yeah. That takes him so out of the running career wins, you know, so it doesn't get, I mean, that's still a good number of wins for sure. Yep. No, for sure. Okay. Uh, so speaking of insane stats, so Mike Trout just had his best month ever. And he's like, so Mike Trout, you know, arguably considered and i and i hesitantly say arguably because i think it's fairly obvious that he's the best player best overall player in baseball um you know there's there's often arguments made for bryce harper which i don't not sure how you can make that argument compared to mike trout stats maybe in popularity but not statistically but um he just had an insane month of April. It's like video, you know, video game numbers. Um, and, and so for, for that guy, as good as he is, I mean, I think we'd all agree here that he's probably the best player of his generation, right? It looks like it anyway. Um, for him to have his best month is, I mean, you've all the good months that he's had Ryan, what is, give me some of this, some of his stats. I mean, I he, I think he, he was hitting well over 400. Uh, I think he was tied for the league league of home runs. Yep. So at the, line. at the end of April, um, he finished uh, with a 425 batting average. He's currently dropped down to a, a measly 398. Uh, got to cut him. I know. I mean, how not, dare he? Not very good. Well, just looking at the month of April because it was it was insane. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, how many? I think I was right with nine home runs. Right. Why don't we contrast with my favorite Yankee, Aaron Hicks? That's a great. They play, the, they play the same position, dude. And can we talk about after two how many bad swings are in that lineup? I don't know, dude. What's they have some very. Un, I'll, I'll be kind. Unorthodox swings. Are you talking about my New York Yankees? I'm talking about your New York Yankees. Yes. Um, we're a pitching ball club. That's it. Are you pitching? All right. Well, we do have the best starters and relievers in the league, according to the stats, but because we need to. Yeah. So what do you have? Yeah, there Ryan? are a lot of bad swingers in the league. Yes. What do you? I'm sorry. You want Aaron Hicks's? Uh, his, his well, let's right talk. Let's talk. Got Trout's first. You got Trout's April numbers. April numbers. Yeah. So he finished at uh, 4.25. Uh, like I said here, I'm trying to look at the splits. Here. Average. Yeah. He, he batted 4.25 in the in Damn. the month of April. Right. Um, trying to get these splits here. It's not pulling. So just. I mean, he's only played four games in the month of May. So right now he is batting 398 on the season with eight home runs, 17 RBIs, which isn't great for eight home runs, but he's also on the Los Angeles and Angels of Anaheim or wherever the hell they're calling themselves nowadays. Um, Lineup is not good. You know, there's not a lot of chances for him to get RBIs. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But uh, yeah, I mean, He's got you know 35 hits in the year, uh, eight doubles, eight home runs. Again, batting 398, on base percentage of 514. He's slugging 761, which gives you an OPS of 1.275, which is otherworldly. Insane. Yeah. He often has it well over one. Just just to clarify, the three big ones: 426 average, 539 OBP, 820 slugging. Um, and and those oh, that OPS and the, his weighted on base average. His best ever in any okay. month. Can I ask a question? You just did. Oh, yeah. good. Thanks. Not to go back to another show, but I do like to twist the knife. Can we look at how many hits of those were air considered uh, in the air? Exactly. Is there, a way, is there a way to look at his 425 and how many balls he hit in the air as opposed to hitting on the ground? Well, I could tell you right now, right? <laughs> so if his, if his OPS right is is um over 800 which it was those aren't on the ground you're not hitting doubles and triples on the ground right so we don't even need to see a chart oh, uh, okay. that's why that stat's important right i mean that's a really important stat and often use that weighted on base average uh it, you know just he's 
he makes the game look easy at times. And this is obviously one of those times. I mean, look, he's human. He's a baseball player. He'll go into slumps. He'll go into funks. Everybody does. Uh, but, you know, it's it's really insane. I mean, uh, I, I have something here, like a list of just. Um, I do have those stats o- for you if you want. OPS, so OPS, right? So do you have the uh, air to ground stats? This is the bit. This is the best Aprils, okay, of all time. All right. So you want to hear a ridiculous OPS? Barry Bonds, two thousand four, one point eight two eight. That's just silly. Okay. All you have to know about Barry Bonds, he was intentionally walked with the with the bases loaded, like. How many times? Six, seven times? Something like that? I don't that. know how many times. It was a bunch. It was a bunch. I think he was like the first. Including to... once in the playoffs. Yes. Right. Larry Walker had the second best, believe it or not, 1.449. That's the highest. But a 400-point difference in OPS versus second Barry Bonds. Uh, third was also Barry Bonds in 1993 at 1.4. Uh, the rest Before are wrong. Before alleged steroid use. Right. Barry Bonds. Again, so Barry Bonds makes this list three times. Okay, that's top two. Who uh, else Tony, is on the list? Tony Perez, Albert Pujols in 2006 at 1.423. Jason Giambi, 1.407 in 2006. Cody Bellinger in 2019, 1.397. And Matt Kemp in 2012 at 1.383. So, um, yeah, just really impressive, impressive uh, month of April. Just in, insane. insane. Wow. So, anyway, pleasure as an Angels fans out there that had, uh, got to watch that. Was, uh, got that to, is uh, impressive. A month. Sure. Okay, to talk about the, the advanced stats you're looking for, so so far for 2021, his average exit velocity is 94.1. Uh, his hard hit percentage is 60.3%, which is uh, ridiculous. The, the hardest since they started tracking that. That's ridiculous. It looks like back in 2015. Now, Line can I drive. ask a dumb question? Is hard hit by exit velocity, or like is that how? Who determines that? Like, what's hard a hard hit. hit ball? Just so I know. Yeah, so a hard hit, uh, the hard hit rate is percentage of balls hit in play with an exit velocity of 95 miles an hour or more. Wow. That's impressive. Okay. So we can look up Stanton's numbers on that later because I'm sure that's also insane. Um, Not yet. Yeah, yeah. That, yeah, I know. Not that's as cool. many. Not so as many. It's gonna be a lot lower, dude. <laughs> yeah. Well, not a uh, lot lower. Not a lot lower speed wise, but certainly the percentage. Right. Yeah, yes. the number of actual hits. Right. Uh, line drive percentage was twenty seven point one percent. Ground ball percentage forty four point one. Fly ball twenty seven point one percent. So his so ground ball the- foul ball ratio is one point six three. All right. We take line drive and and fly ball together. Yeah. Um. He's also. This is an interesting one, uh, and that's that's interesting because that that's you look at his average and his OPS and his and his, his slugging rather, and it's going to be almost the same percentage of the balls in the air versus ground balls. Yeah, he is hitting the fewest balls in his career to the opposite field so far. Uh, his pull percentage is about forty six percent, where his uh, hits to center is about forty four percent. So 10% of the time he's going oppo, which is uh, about eight to nine points lower than than his average. Yeah, that's just like – but that stat doesn't tell you much because, Correct. you know, they could be taking a different approach. In yeah. fact, maybe that's what it was. They tried a different approach on him, and it just obviously backfired. Yeah, not working. Um, no, not working at all. Yeah. At all. Um, all so, right. so the question I brought up in the pre-show, obviously, is there's a very good chance that, that – uh, Mike Trout will never play in a World Series. I don't think that's a very good chance. I think that's crazy you say that. But go ahead. Well, I think okay. it's a very good chance if he's if he's an angel, career if he's, if he's a yeah. California, Los Angeles, Anaheim angel, that he will he not gets, be playing yeah. in the World Series, or that his playoff record is is um, uh, as far as how many games will be vastly under what many Hall of Fame players are. At least in the modern day, and right. what does that do, uh, what does that do to his aura? Since he's never really he's had twelve at bats when it counted one home run. But I, okay, but there's a lot. I, I know I mean, it's because it, it's a whole team. I understand that, but the, at the that's end what I'm of the saying. Day, I think there's guys that are in the Hall of Fame because they were on great teams, and they sure. put them on the Kansas City Royals, and they maybe don't get into the Hall of Fame, right? So there's that. Um, I think it's almost more impressive that he's doing this than do, does what he does with the team he's on. You don't have to pitch to him. Right. Right. Sure. Right? Exactly. That's a good point. 
Right. I mean, he doesn't have, he doesn't, you know, he's not a guy. I mean, you, you know, you got pool holes on the team, obviously, but he's in his later stages, which we want, I want to get into his stats in a second. Um, but yeah, he doesn't really have a lot of protection um, as Agreed. some of the great um, world series teams. But I think to answer your question, um, I, I don't think it's hard, not in baseball, you know, in, in football, I kind of put it in this order. I think football, championships are like right at the top, right? Huge, huge to, 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 to reflect on a player's career, right. And where they rank, I think football is number one. I think basketball is number two, um, which it almost should be reversed kind of because you have more influence as a basketball player. You're only, we're one of only five on the court, but whatever. I, I think football, basketball, and then hockey and then baseball and hockey and hockey and baseball probably maybe, be somewhere tied, but I think baseball is such a stats-driven sport, always has been. Um, but the stats are just changing. I think it's still stat crazy, but they're just changing. You know, Kev, I was saying to you off here yesterday, you know, I remember back when I was a kid, I'd be able to name the last 12 batting champions. Right. Right. And, and now you don't know who wins a batting champion because no it's idea. such a it's an archaic stat. It doesn't yep. even tell you anything, right? Yep. I mean, so yeah, I think that's I think. The stats have changed, but I think it's still a stat-driven sport, and I think that it doesn't – I don't think it tarnishes them all that much. What do you think? I, You know, I mean, you got all these – you know, you look at the, the, you know, the dynasty teams that have, you know, I hate to say, the, you know, the, the Red Sox, even though some of those guys, for whatever reason, won't be actually in the hall. You know, the Manny Ramirez's, the Kurt Schillings, or, or have issues around them. Right. And same thing with the, the Yankees. You know, the Bernie Williams isn't going to make the Hall of Fame. Jorge Posada is not going to. And they've got very big playoff numbers because they have. Uh, what well, I mean, what does Jeter have? Uh, does he have a, 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 over a hundred games in the play or something crazy like that? Like it's so. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, it's it's just a different way of of I guess looking at it, but that seems to be the drawback of Mike Trout that he's never really had a a pressure at bat. You're not going to see him in Game Seven of a playoff series hitting a walk-off home run, maybe ever. That and what does that do to his legend? I don't, you know, I don't know. Because we're I such think- a media-driven, highlight-driven. I mean, you know, can Mike Trout walk down the street in Massachusetts here, and your average person know who he is? And I'm going to say no. <laughs> That's the weird thing about Trout is that he's not. I mean, he's obviously marketable. He has his own cleat. I know Luke has him. Um, you know, he has his own shoe. Uh, you know, he's been on the cover of video games before. But, sure. But he's he's nowhere near the marketability of Bryce Harper, right? Right. Like Bryce Harper, people knew about when he was 16, right? Cause sure. Because his, his dad understood social media and, you know, and that sort of thing. So, uh, he, yeah, maybe he doesn't have as good a PR guy. But the people who know baseball – I, I don't think it's a comparison. Oh, without question. But I mean, you talk like, well, I mean, if we talk about, so you're saying that, look, that he's the greatest baseball player on the planet for the last 10 years. He walks down most, yeah. most city streets in America. No one knows who he is. You're, pro- you're probably if Le- right. If LeBron James, even if we shorten him. Or Bryce Harper. To, right. If we shorten LeBron James to 6'4", right, like, there's not, people are going to recognize his face. People know who Tiger Woods is. You know, like that, that's like, you know, as far as, uh, you know, that kind of popularity, he doesn't seem to be there for whatever reason. No, he's not. That's to say, considering the numbers, I mean, that's what I'm saying. I would include Harper in that same, like, you know, Harper's not, he's going to be recognized. Right. And I don't even know what what point I have, but just saying, like, you know, is is it just because base, no one, you know, Baseball doesn't have the allure that it had 30 years ago, or, or you know, like it, I'm sure if Derek Jeter walked down any street, people would know who he was 20 years ago, 15 years ago. I just don't see that happening now. I don't really know why. Well, I think part of it, and you know, Harper's like I said, a different thing because you know they were marketing him, uh, whoever it was. I don't know if it was his dad or not, but but somebody was marketing that kid when he was like 15. I remember hearing him when he was, he was, he was on the cover of ESPN magazine when he was like 15 or right, 16. I think it was, yeah. 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 And so I think what will gain someone like Trout's popularity is having them in the playoffs because you got to be on a national stage where everyone's going to watch that game. You know, mm-hmm. how many people are watching Los Angeles, like, you know, LA Angels games. Um, but, you know, talking about playoffs, and I think if we're going to put that much 
credence or give that much credence to, to, to playoff numbers. I mean, you look at someone, you know, here who played here in Boston, David Ortiz. I mean, I was just trying to pull up some of his playoff stats. I don't have all of them, but you know, he was They're insane. The, I would imagine. Yeah. Yeah. An ALCS MVP in 2004, he 387.1.199 OPS, three homers, 11 rubies, 2013 world series. He hit 688. Yeah. Incredible. <laughs> and though, but see, in, with those numbers, that's going to propel him to the Hall of Fame. You would right? think, yeah. I mean, he's. Should. I mean, he's a Hall. You have to think that he's a Hall of Fame player for what he did after Game One Sixty Two. Right? Uh, yeah. He's eighth on the all-time list for extra base hits. All-time. In, that's regular yeah. season. Yeah. yeah. In nine years in the playoffs, uh, he played an 18 total series. Yep. He batted 289 with 17 home runs, 61 RBIs, uh, 59 walks. Um, and that was that includes three World Series uh, appearances where his World Series batting average and his three combined was 455. I mean, that's. I mean, you talk, you know, we had the last, we had, we did the Hall of Fame show. We talked about Kurt Schilling being. One of the great greatest postseason pitchers of all time, uh-huh. and yeah. you know he's sitting at home for you know not in the hall, mostly not because of records, but, but not because of political sure. issues. Right. You know, David Ortiz is certainly in my book as a as a as a Yankee fan a first ballot Hall of Famer for because he just you couldn't pitch to him. Period. And he did all that on the big stage, Mike Trout. You know, in a huge market, LA is a huge market, right? Is buried there that we don't, that people don't see him, or, or for whatever for whatever reason, does that affect? His, I mean, obviously, it's not going to affect his ability to get in the Hall of Fame. Maybe his, I don't even know what his aura, his legend. I'm not yeah, his sure. legend. I think that's really what it is. Like his, you know, his legacy. Um, you know, it's unfortunate, but that's sort of the way. It, I mean, I'm, and I'm trying to think of another guy like him. There's not a lot, but there are guys who maybe played a little bit too long. Like, you know, I think of like a Jim Rice, right? Jim Rice sort of had a resurgence, right? So he was mm-hmm. huge, uh, you know, in the 70s. And then, you know, in the 90s, you know, he played a little bit too long. His eyes are gone and uh, his knees were bad. And, uh, you know, sort of people remembered him. The guy who, like, broke the record for doubles, you know, for hitting into double plays. Yeah, and then it was like 10 years after he retired that everyone sort of really started to appreciate him and- again. And you might have that right now with Miguel Cabrera, who who can't, who right. literally probably well, isn't good enough I, to be a major leaguer right now. To be quite one, honest with you, one that I have in mind is Albert Pujols. Albert okay. Pujols. Okay, now I know he's, I know he's not. It's like he's not famous, but arguably the best, at least in the top three, best right-handed hitters to ever live. When when you went over his numbers the other day, they were. They, I never knew that they were that high. Never. <laughs> Well, first of all, it's it's hard to imagine he's been playing for the Angels for ten years. Right, right. So I thought it was five. I was like, oh, that's five years. Right. Eleven years with St. Louis. Now in his tenth year with Anaheim. Amazing. Um, this year he's only batting one ninety eight, and with that one ninety eight batting average, it drops him down to a career batting average of two ninety eight. One ninety eight. Three hundred points higher than Hicks. Hits. We'll take yeah. him. I yeah. mean. <laughs> So, you know, right. You call it three. I mean, anywhere or anything over 280 lifetime batting average is pretty, pretty. Especially as a guy with six. Does he have 600 home runs? Right. He's got 670 almost. Yeah. Yeah. 667 with 21, 2,112 RBIs. And now, he doesn't have many strikeouts either. Right. He He never used to anyway. He has more walks than he has strikeouts. That's insane. 1,334 walks. To thirteen hundred and seventeen strikeouts. Insane. And, and, and by the way, and there's a reason for that. He's I use him as an example a lot because his barrel is in the zone for so long. He's so hard to get swing and misses on. Oh, you're saying it stays. It stays on there. plane. He yep. stays on plane with a pitch for like two feet, which yeah. is good amazing. Luck. Good luck getting a swing and miss out of that guy. And, his and honestly, yeah. I mean, looking at the numbers here, he actually. For his the for all of his career, he had more walks than strikeouts up until his last year in St. Louis. Since he's joined the Angels in 2012, he's had more strikeouts and walks every single year he's been there, yeah. and he's still, you know, still averages uh, more 
walks per, than, than strikeouts. And, and I mean, there maybe maybe people go to the Angels to to like die. I don't know. I mean, he doesn't get the notoriety that he deserves. That's just that's right. That's I mean, right. yeah, right. But the do- I mean, the Dodgers, the crosstown dot. I mean, if if someone farts, people, oh my god, yeah, yeah, Mookie Betts, he picked the yep. blade of grass when he was like, I don't understand the difference in, in publicity. No, it, it's it, it's a glaring. I mean, well, I think you know, L.A. was they weren't always L.A. You know, they were California, they were Anaheim, right. whatever. But, um, but look at the end of the day, two guys. I mean, there's two guys. You know, Albert Pujols. He's like I said, I would I would argue, you know, top three best right-handed hitters of all time. You got Mike Trout, who's at the end of the day might be, be the best conversation too, right? Or up right. there. That's going to be hard to beat Manny, in my opinion. Manny Ramirez. Yeah, Manny is pretty ridiculous. But um, well, but, but but he could but, be up. But he could. But then Manny's got the whole, you know, Manny issues. Manny, Manny being Manny, yeah. <laughs> One of the hardest workers in baseball, and I knew people that work for the Red Sox, and he never got credit for that. So anyway, we do have to move on. We're, 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 we've gone way over here on time, um, and we want to get to our, our main topic. So, so uh, you know, we've talked about it before. Um, you know, I have a daughter who plays in the uh, travel softball, actually our softball program that um, we created, um, basically because we – I was looking for a program for her. I was looking for one that was developmental driven, cared about the player first, the player's development and growing the passion, nurture the, the love for the sport, et cetera. Um, thought we found one. Turns out we were wrong. And um, myself and another parent on that team at the time decided like, hey, you know what? We already have a baseball program that's, you know, 10 years running. Um, why don't we, and that, which is development, developmental Pause. Can you say that five times? Hold on. Develop- Stop recording. Developmentally focused. There we go. Nailed it. That's okay. Good. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, so to sort of just take that model and move it over to softball, that's where we are. So anyway, so we're in the softball world. Kevin also has a daughter who plays softball. Two of them actually now, right? One plays one Two, is yeah. thing, right? So both yep. his daughters play softball. And Ryan softball also parent. has a daughter, and I think she's – just starting this year or yeah, you know, just starting uh, yeah. T ball. Right. Nice. So we've, um, you know, we've jumped sort of feet first into this and there's something that's come up and it reminded me something that we'll get into, but uh, when it comes to pitching. Okay. So now us being from the baseball world. And of course that was my, my daughter's first love. You know, the one thing I really couldn't teach her, uh, she wanted to pitch like, all right, great. We're going to find her a pitching coach. <laughs> So we do, and she pitches, and she's actually more of a position player now. She's sort of, you know, sort of lost the, the desire to really the pitch, and she's really kind of taken to hitting. But anyway, there's this debate going on in softball right now in fast pitch, and they're with these two styles of pitching. And, and the two terms for them, the most common terms I see, one is what they call a hello elbow. Hello, elbow, which is uh, if you go and watch a video of Jenny, Hello. Finn, like that that's way. how she yeah. threw, right? Yeah. And anyone who's seen, I know this, not everyone's watching, but some uh, people are listening. But if you're watching, you know, you bring the elbow up, you come through, and the elbow sort of comes up, points at the catcher, right? Fist by your, by the, the arm side shoulder, and the elbow pointing at the catcher. And then the other way is something that you, it's either called forearm fire or internal rotation, okay? Um, the internal rotation, I you know Kevin has something to say about that in a second. Uh, but I, it, it's come to my attention in recent years, more in recent years, that there have been injuries, pitching injuries for softball pitchers. Now, this was sort of news to me because, Kevin, I think one of the things that we've always thought about softball is that it's a natural, more of a natural movement. Natural movement, correct. Yes. Don't get injured. And, and it is I, a natural movement. It is a natural movement. Right? <laughs> I, I, I've seen girls pitch all six games of a tournament weekend, all six. Okay. Yep. Um, so anyway, so where's the, where are the injuries coming from? So now the debate is the new, which is by the way, the old hello elbow is the, uh, is sort of the quote unquote old way. And this forearm fire or quote unquote internal rotation is the new way. Um, and, and again, if you want to see what, um, if you want to look up for yourself to see what uh, you know the hello elbow is, you look at a video of Jenny Finch. You want an, uh, uh, an example of this forearm fire, look at Angela Tincher, okay? And I think a lot of this has come from her dad, who was her coach. So that said, there's this debate, and now the people who, who are new or teaching this new way are going, oh, the old way, you're dumb. I don't know why you're doing that. You know, you're, just, you're not staying with the times, and you're hurting elbows. And, of course – it looks to be 
and Kevin's going to help break this down, that the newer model, the internal rotation or quote-unquote form fire is really the one that's causing injury. So we're going to try to break that down from a bit of a mechanical perspective. Now, Kevin, you've seen this, right? And I know I sent you a video last night. It was the last night of this morning. I forget what it was um, of a guy showing this. Yeah, you what? sent me a video, and then you sent me another an answer on a message board. You oh, that's right. Answer, which right. I have that, too. All right, so why don't we start with that? Because that's great. So you, want, so you I, want to do the answer first? Okay. Yeah, let me introduce it. So you I'm online it. last night. I'm on all these message boards looking up internal rotation versus hello, well, blah, 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 blah. I find this message board of people. This this person innocently goes on and says, hey, my daughter's started pitching lessons, and she was doing this. Now they wanted to do this internal rotation. Which one is better for injuries? And this is the response, Kevin. Yeah, so someone, yeah, someone asked about that. So the person said unequivocally, without a doubt, that the old way where there's no reported injuries, right, or, or certainly is is now the – that's the bad way. That's the bad way, correct. So, of and course, I, I – you know, when you hear that some girl pitches all six games of a tournament, great, because it is a natural movement, and they can. That's great, okay? Like you can bowl 500 times a day because it's, right. it's bowling, right? It's underhand. So now there's injuries, so you'd have to look at, of course, what if from a from a epidemiology, you'd have to look at what changed. Well, what changes we introduced is other pitching mechanic. Now, just like in overhand pitching, we have a lot of people out there who know enough or think they know enough to be extremely dangerous and get a lot of people to listen to them. And that is one of whoever we won't we won't dime out who wrote this, but I'm gonna pull this apart. The answer is, is without a doubt the hello elbow. Let me say that you are making the right decision. Oh, hello, hold on, hello elbow is the most injurious one. Just it, so correct, know. right? Okay, right. good. Okay, so for those, you know, hello elbow is in one plane of movement, right? We're right. just bending our elbow in in a, in a straight plane of movement. Okay. First, the upper arm is a good thing. Is to the stoppage of the upper arm is a good thing when it properly brushes contact. So I've got to stop my arm by punching myself. So I, I was, and that leads me to another point where I was shown pictures of girls this week on a site bruised, arms bruised and swollen, torsos bruised, hips bruised by punching themselves. Okay, so apparently there isn't an athletic way to stop this. There's only a assault way of stopping this. Um, you should only leave an MMA ring. With bruises on your body, okay? Not the softball mound. My two cents. Okay. So this helps decrease load on the rotator cuff because the muscles are in deceleration. And the high-speed medial rotation in the triceps in deceleration of flexion of the humerus. That person, because I've been a physical therapist for 27 years. I've been to school for seven that sentence makes absolutely zero sense. But there's a lot of big words in there, so pe so people are like, oh, okay. It means nothing. It's not scientific, and it's completely 1,000% false. Oh. Basically, you are protecting the rotator cuff of excess stress by transferring energy to the forearm. Okay? So my rotator cuff is deep under my shoulder, protected by my trap muscles, my lats, my biceps, and everything else, but I'm going to transfer all of that torque to these little muscles of the forearm. And right after that, I don't need to read anymore. Whoever wrote this should be stopped. They need to They need to just be t tackled, okay? Stopped. Put it we down, don't, step away. We don't throw a football. We don't, th we don't throw a baseball. We don't hit a tennis ball. We don't hit a golf ball. We don't hit a baseball. We don't do anything with our arms. The, the power, the torque, the, the, the brakes, the acceleration, the deceleration happen at the core and the lower body. The arm is an extension of that movement. If you are transferring energy, whip, whatever, to the small muscles of your arm, forearm, ankle, foot, you will get injured. It's just a matter of time. That's it. That breaks every single kinesiological principle known to man. Not Kevin McGovern. The body moves proximal to distal, from your core, from your spine, out to your hands, to your feet. You violate that, you're going to ask for injury. 
And so it's interesting you say that too, because, you know, just looking at the two and obviously I don't have a PhD like Kevin does in, in, in the field of kinesiology or physical therapy, but just doing this long enough and being around Kevin long enough and having a very basic understanding of kinesiology and how the body should move. When you just see the two motions, one looks a lot more injurious than the other. And because at the one point, and, and for those just listening, it's hard to describe this, but if you it's can like imagine. chucking rocks. Yes. yes. It's, almost like, it's almost like a submariner. That's right. Baseball pitcher. Very close. This, I can feel pressure already right here. Right here. No, no, right Michael, on the, right Michael, around the UCL. This, this person said that. This person, this authority said the medial humerus, that you, the, yeah, the medial the humerus, metatarpal. sublux, kneecap, patella. <laughs> you don't actually have, you know, stress in your forearm, but ah. bending your elbow <clears throat> is more stressful. Right, the That's thing you're also supposed to do. Right, exactly. Correct. <clears throat> so, so then I started looking at this, Kevin. Right, so I started pulling up. They said, "Oh, well, this person's a hell of a ball. This person's an internal rotation or forearm fire, right? This one and this one, and it's really black and white." Now, and- just hold on. We talk about internal rotation. There's no such movement as internal rotation of, of the, the forearm. forearm, wrist, or hand. Right. Internal rotation happens in two joints. One right. is the hip, and the other is the shoulder. Just so it's we know, where there's two labrums. Correct. Or labri, <laughs> where there are labri. Those labros, yes. <laughs> so, so I started looking at these different pictures, pictures, and I'm like, okay, let's. I want to see what's different, and and basically, it seems to me that maybe not everybody, but that, but you know, in the aggregate, everyone's looking at the finish, right? This is the hello elbow, yeah. This is the forearm fire. I started watching these pictures, and it remind, you know, what it reminded me, Kev. It reminded me of like early two thousands, the whole debate in the baseball book are you a linear road hitter or you're a rotational hitter linear version <laughs> and it's like well you do both right you're gonna rotate you're gonna purely you rotate have to your, body. your hands are gonna move on a linear path and so you know there was really that sort of in the middle and one of the pictures that i watched was uh monica abbott right so everyone was saying she was a perfect example of this forearm fire looked and i put them side her side by side with the jenny finch I mean, if you can go point out the major differences, let's please call in, email us, whatever. Let me know because there are small, but you're going to find small intricacies with any two pitchers. Okay. Um, and so there was a little bit more, slightly more of a little come around the ball that, but the, than there was Finch, but very, very, very similar motions. And so it just, it, again, it struck me that um, it, there's probably a medium here. And I think, you know, uh, Jason, who listens all the time, he's listening today. Uh, you know, he's been around softball with his daughter, you know, even longer than, than I have. Um, and I, and I said to him, I was like, you know, why wouldn't you teach a bit of a blend if it's supposed to get what, you know, the better results, or whatever. And Jason's answer was that there are people that do that. So, but I don't like, I don't even like you're focusing on the arm. Like, I know. Why, right. why, like, I don't even like the two names. Right, because it, 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 it's saying that everything is out here. No, it's this or this. Which one do you right. want to use? This <laughs> or this? Just, this, this. No, I want to use the big, no, th- big thigh muscles, big back muscles, big. Not saying that you know, big muscles to do the work, not the small muscles. You work on small muscles, you're going to get hurt. Well, you took it away from me, and that was perfect. Sorry, because Sorry man. No, 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 no. It's great because <laughs> it's it, it's great because it was you know it came up organically. But that was the point. It's like. We're focused on these things and and finding a blend of the two when if you really understand force production and how where velocity comes from, it has nothing to do with those things. You know, the arm should just be go along for the ride. A whip. Go right? along it like a whip. A whip right? It's yep. the it's the final snap of the whip. Um so and the straightest distance between two points is straight up the middle. That's straight up the middle. Yep. Straight up, you know, so we're, why are we driving things here, there? Straight line, boom. Yeah, you definitely missed that. Uh, Did I screw that up? Yeah. No. What's the, what is it? Sorry, producer. The, this is where you short, tell us we make our mistakes. Go ahead. Give the it to shortest me. distance between two points is a straight line. Oh, you said so the straightest up, distance between I, straight and straight. I went to Northeastern, where the N stands for knowledge. knowledge. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. <laughs> so I, I'll I'll, <laughs> I'll tell you this, and you know this. Like so, that's 
the, the, the shortest distance is like, you know, that's what, what some instructors or coaches will say. You want to take your barrel from up behind your ear straight down to the ball. But, of course, we don't. We want to get in front of the catcher's mitt, a la Albert Pujols, who has more walks and strikeouts to stay through the zone longer, right? So there are times where that's not necessarily the thing to do. But, but again, this is – Well, you are making – uh, I will argue with you. You are making a straight line because what's moving is your pelvis, not your hands. Your, your pelvis right. is making a linear turn, boom, fair. and then your yep. hands are following. Totally, you're, that's fair. Because if so, you got here, for as little I know about hit, and started here, you're casting. You're that's not. correct. Yeah. Right. Yep. You that's have to fair. You're the right. kinematic sequence of movement. That's, that's right. It. So it's depending on what you're focused on. I was focused thinking of the barrel, yeah. but you're right. You're right. It really is. Um, but anyway, that, that's another subject. That's um, another that's, share, if you want me to share, I have two slow motion videos, one of Jenny Finch and one of Monica Abbott that I can put up here. Sure. Do it. I'm not sure I know who Monica Abbott is, but Do I know Jenny Finch is. Do it. Kat Osterman is also another one that that throws like Jenny Finch, and I watched her instructional video last night. It's quite informative, actually. I think I know, to, I know how to throw a uh, – what the hell is it called? It was like a deep peel change-up or something like that. Nice. <laughs> there we go. Video. Now, who's this? Is this – This is Jenny Finch. This is Jenny Finch. Can I get the whole thing here? And this is, again, slow motion. So we'll get this back here. Love how they add the grain to the video. I know. <laughs> yeah. So this is arguably the best softball player ever. Boom. And her arm just floats up. Straight line. Straight yeah. line. But if we look at so if you back that up or or, or even slow that uh, what I mean You'll see right, right here. As soon as that front foot hits the ground, like everything else, bam, it's the whip of the hip. But if you could pause that too, I mean I know you're not know exactly what we're looking for, but right there that's when you see the difference comes like that's when like one one of them's the hand will come out away from the body and the elbow will tuck more which you'll see in monica abbott a little bit when you when you play hers okay this is monica abbott this is monica abbott okay oh she's a southpaw she's yep she's a lefty that looks did you see that right there yeah, she she stopped herself by a Stop, she, boom. She stopped herself by punching herself. I also boom. want to know what pitches these are. Okay, too, so right? stop this right here. Okay, so back that up two frames. Okay, so right there, right, boom, there. What do we have? We've got a left shrug of the shoulder. Okay, complete anti-athletic move. I mean, obviously she's throwing the ball at a high speed, but she's doing that. By jamming her rotator cuff up into the socket by shrugging her shoulder, okay, and she's of course stopping her arm, not rapid, not rapid fire, by slamming it into her hip. How is that healthy? How is that? A, I mean, yeah, if you, if like you, that the safest way to stop a car is to hit a tree, right? Exactly. Or you know, I, I use this analogy. This looks like everyone's on the bus acting up and the bus driver jams on the brakes and everyone goes flying forward. Cause that's what you're doing. You're, you're, you're stopping your upper arm by jamming it into your body and then letting your, of course it's going to cause, I guess, extra whip at, at your hand, but at what price hyperextension of your elbow? I mean, right. and look at her left, look at her right knee. She's jamming that. That's hyperextended too. That's hyperextended. And this, I mean, you re, you put those side by side, and you tell me that that this this woman here looks smoother and more athletic. I'll tell you, you're crazy. I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more. I mean, if you go back to Jenny Fish, look at her legs. Okay, which is where you get your power from. Look at flexion of all the knees. Ready? Here we go. Okay, but butt hinge back. She steps forward. Every knee is flexed. I plant, I'm flexing and driving through my leg. Boom. And then I'm in a, in a, I mean, that other woman looks painful. Okay. So this, we have to discuss this. Okay. So, um, all right. So he just sends me a text. This is Jason. Monica Abbott threw the fastest pitch ever at 77. Finch was 68. Finch has actually recorded higher than 68. I'm sure of that. So that's right. first. So second, yeah. yeah second. So I mean, I watch people every day run up on on, on, on certain and pitching farms and wing the ball as hard as they can into a wall. 
Sorry, this is the one that it wasn't Abbott. It was her that I was comparing more to Finch. I, I confused the two. Uh, but again, still 75% of it's all the same. It's really that last 25% at the end. You're going to see it here. So it'll be a good shot of it. See that? Boom. How, how, the Dude, oh, how oh, is oh. hitting yourself? I don't, I'm sorry. Uh, it's, uh, that's just insane. It's insane. I don't care how fast the pitch is. Uh, so I don't like how is hitting yourself with your medial collateral ligament of your elbow healthy? How is that position healthy when you're making contact with well, your hip? Also, I thought I, I also look at so what Jason look said. At that. Jason, Ugh. no offense to you, buddy, but this is like that's part of the problem is this thinking of like you know velocity, velocity, velocity at any cost. Yeah, there you, you know, go. Which is bananas to me. And yeah, you know, which we'll get to later on with the uh video of Dustin May from the Dodgers. Right. Look at yeah. look so dude, the, just, you can just, throw 105 in major league baseball, and if it's and if it's and if it's over the meaty part of the plate, it's not just getting hit, it's getting hammered. Dude, so, hammered. So all of those pictures that I saw on this softball site aren't from pit are are from this pitching. I would say the the unhealthy side of my brain says good you get what you deserve and if you're asking a question on facebook as to why your arm is swollen and your hip after this this is why you're punching yourself that's insane insane yeah so all right so uh you know oh, but at- this guy said brush you brush your your right that's look, either brushing. way, it's 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 the fact that this that, that this, this look at this elbow slamming into slamming into your hip, and then right. the reason why it goes in your shoulder goes internally because you're jamming against something that's got nowhere else to go. Five five hundred and fifty two thousand views. That's the sad part of this. Yeah. And the uh, let's see. Wow. The Jenny Fishman only had fifty one thousand. Wow. Hundred eighty three from hundred eighty hundred eighty. Wow. That's wow. All right. So I'm actually texting here. <laughs> Jason, we could just activate this mic here, but um, I think this is interesting. I'm, and, I, and I'm kind of holding his feet to the fire here, if I'm being honest, uh, Jason. So I know you're listening um, because I think it is, even if it's a conscious or a subconscious, there's this thing about, hey, can't argue with it. It's got, got people throwing harder. So does throwing two pound weighted balls hard against the wall. But it doesn't mean it's well, sustainable. How many, how many? How many of those five hundred fifty thousand views are now injured? That's to what I'm one, saying. To right. one person who might have thrown seventy-seven that, miles that, an hour. That, exactly, and, and above that, I mean, the hardest thrower ever doesn't necessarily equate best pitcher ever. Okay, and so that's you know that's the that's the idea here. I mean, you, get, no, look, you at, ask, look at look at Pavetta from the Red Sox. Okay, you can I mean, ask Troy. You can ask Troy Percival what happens to a hundred and one mile an hour fastball when you throw it down the middle of the plate. Right. You ask any of those. I think guys, Barry I mean, Bonds hit one eight hundred feet foul and then corrected and hit eight hundred feet out of Anaheim Stadium. Um. You know, I think Pavetta's fastball, his best fastball in the game is what, 92, 93? I mean, he doesn't throw hard. Um, you know, you get Hendricks, who lives in the upper eights. You get Darren O'Day, who throws 84, okay, different arm slot. But again, this I, I obsession just, uh, with velocity, it's an, and it is an obsession. Absolutely. It's an addiction. I wouldn't say it's an too. addiction of velocity. Yeah. Right. That's, yeah. Hard is hey, hard. Guys. So, Mike, just to chime in really quick. You know, we've we've talked about who the this. hell are I mean, you? Talk- I I don't know. Somebody did. I, I, <laughs> Wasn't me. I, slipped, I gave the uh, door guy. Uh, it was you at the beginning of the video. Um, yeah. Uh, really quick, Mike. You you explained it with you know my daughter is obsessed. I want to get faster. I want to get faster. I want to get faster. And but instead now she's working on. Just to give you an idea. She's four ten. She's not gonna get. She's only gonna be so fast right now. Yep. But her mechanics are decent, and she's working with the pitcher's pocket over at the farm, and she's hitting the outside corners. She's hitting the inside corners. Yep. And when you call her games, she's comfortable enough to hit that outside, high outside corner, and she's had success with it. She's not overpowering by any means, but because she can hit her spots, unfortunately, that's, I think, where people are going away from a little bit because they want the girls that can throw it right by these kids. And that's only going to get you yep. so far. I understand, but but and you know this, velocity doesn't have anything to do with the arm. 
Zero. Right. Yep. Zero. Your velocity Absolutely. comes from your lower half and from your now you look at a Monica Abbott, she's all leg, right? Her torso's probably you know, looks like she's it would should be on the body of someone who's like five five and she's what six feet? Mm-hmm. Right. You know, I don't know how tall she is, but she looks like a tall girl. And so, you know, the velocity comes from there. It doesn't you can tweak. Now, if you have someone that's maybe really long and their arm gets disconnected, I'm talking about baseball pitching and their arm gets disconnected from their body and they really lag a lot. Not only are they going to hurt, but their velo is going to be down. If you can shorten them up and keep their 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 shoulder, I mean, their their elbow connected with their shoulder. And, you know, have a little bit of hip to shoulder separate, the proper amount of hip to shoulder separation as you, as you rotate and you, and, and that's, that's all that, and then, and really you're not even fixing the arm path. You're just connecting it right where it was disconnected. You might get a four mile an hour difference, five at absolute high end, five miles an hour. You're not going to take somebody. If you said Jenny Finch through 68, and I'm quite sure she's, she's been up around 70, 72, but I could be wrong. But let's just say 68. You're not going to get someone throwing 68, have her change to the Monica Abbey, and all of a sudden she's throwing 77 miles an hour. Not happening. Right. Either way, I'm taking both yard, but that's beside the point. Huh. I don't no, think you can get a battle. Yeah. Dude, I can't yeah. even no hit a softball whether it's fast pitch, slow pitch, or on a tee. Right. To give you an example, we were watching, I think it was Arizona State a couple of nights ago. And the pitcher, one of the things right at the beginning, oh, her fastball can top 67, 68 miles an hour. I think she had seven walks. And that's, I mean, for a D1 pitcher, that's unheard of, right? You, yeah. you feel that they have a lot more control. But they, they didn't talk about placement. They didn't talk about her off-speed pitches. They talked about, they focused on her fastball and how fast she was throwing. And she had a terrible game. I mean, could have been a one, you know, an off night for her. But seven walks is unheard of, right? Yeah, it's a lot. Yeah, and that's the thing. Um, you know, again, the obsession isn't just in the players. I, I First of all, I see it more in, you know, the oftentimes, you know, the parents, because I think that's what they think is going to get their kid up to the next level. And look, truth be told, a lot of it is. It's it's. I hate to talk out of both sides of my mouth here, but the reality is that, you know, as we're recruiting our high school pitchers for colleges, I got college coaches. Well, they won't look, Kevin. They won't look at a kid unless he's throwing X amount of money. I know. I, I had I, Greg yeah, Maddox doesn't play in the major leagues, right? I mean, doesn't get yeah. drafted, right? Yeah, yeah. That's a very greatest good pit, that's could happened. be arguably the greatest pitcher of all time. Uh, I'd argue that all day, but but top I get your ten, point. top fifteen, twenty. I think, he's, I think he's the most overrated pitcher of ever of all time. That's what I think. But well, he does have a few wins. Another car, he does, but he also got <laughs> he also got. A foot off the corners, oh, but um, that's that's the strike zone during that period. No, no, no. <laughs> I, I, I get your point. I'm, I'm just being a wise ass. Um, I, you're right. You know right. way. I know. That's very right. opinionated. I don't know what got into me. Yeah, very opinionated. I mean, uh, the obsession with a lot, but these guys. Here's what. Here's what I don't get. They're not lasting. Go, no. go, go, go to any roster five years ago and count how many guys. Not only are not on the, are still in the majors. They're, they're gone. I, I, they're I hurt. They're 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 they don't they don't last because they only have one pitch. You know, I mean, and, and and like you said, if it's a fastball, if you can't hit a fastball in baseball, you can't play. So throwing it harder, it doesn't. You, you're just gonna you know, you're gonna be Dustin May. Great, yeah, ninety nine. Good. See you in two years. And, and therein lies the rub, right? It's what we've been talking about from day one. Is like this. You know, it's what's everything's sort of being whittled down, right? So we're these injuries. Why are there injuries? Where are they coming from? Well, it's coming from this obsession to throw, you know, 110 miles an hour. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it, which it's ironically, no one would ever look at like what Nolan Ryan did, right? Which is basically just throw footballs in the offseason and 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 never lifted a weight above 25 pounds over a shoulder. Like that was a big thing for him. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's. And and now we're seeing it in softball. So I thought that's why it was such an interesting thing. And, you know, I know you have softball uh, listeners on the podcast, but also, um, you know, being involved in softball and to see that this thing that was forever known as like softball pitching, the great thing about it is you, you don't get hurt. And now we're starting to see injuries and they're tweaking the arm path and starting to do things that are just unorthodox and not natural movements. And, um, and, and it's, it's, probably going to get worse from here because again it's the idea that i gotta throw harder i gotta throw faster you know 
and whatever it takes. Like, hey, your elbow might fall off your body. Like, yeah, but you know, how, you know, can I get a full season in first? You know, I mean, it's it's banana land, but um, you know, that's where we are. That's just my and I, we see it on the baseball side every single day. I mean, you know, there there is we, you know we have kids in the program. Always what I was starting to say earlier to back up for a second because this is as I'm where I'm going with this. We had a player. We have a player. Love the kid. Good, excellent little pitcher, right? Collegiate level pitcher. And he's a little obsessed with Velo. And um, what validated him somewhat recently, he's, he's you know, he's seeing like a, um, like a college recruitment coach, right? Uh, not a recruitment coach, um, for an academic side. Um, like, a, what do you call it? Like a, not like a tutor, but. You, you, academic a, advisor. An advisor. There you go. That, that's the word. Thank you. And, uh, and, and so she said, Hey, look, you know, if you want to play ball somewhere, like you got to get some videos with your velocity on the video. And we're like, no, like, we don't want to do that for so many reasons. But again, there's, there's outside encouragement. There's people that thinking that that's, that's the ticket. That's the way, that's the way you're going to go. The real ticket is get outs. College coaches, their job is to win games. How they keep their job is by continuing to win games and not lose games. And if you're going to help, or if you have a kid that's going to help that guy win games, he's going to want you. Okay. So the trick is to get him out to see you. And, um, and unfortunately right now we're in a world where you have to have sort of some like minimal velocity, but the craze of, of the velocity is now, as we've seen leaked in the softball, right. It was super prevalent in baseball. Kids are getting hurt at like in record numbers and at record level, like lower ages, which is bad. And now we're seeing this creeping into, into softball, Kev. That's, uh, I know I sound like the ultimate warrior running down, but that, that's, that was shocking to me. Yeah. Yeah, it really was. So for the first time ever, I have to say we're over, like we're 12. Wow. We're, we're yeah. Gonna, we talked about it. That's all right. I, so, I think we, we need to do the, uh, well, I think we can, you, what can we do? I was going to say, well, I mean, but this is, we, I think it was a great show. I think yeah. we can save our questions and, uh, why would you do that? All right. Um, we touched on both of them anyway today. Sure. Um, you know, but, um, you know what? Scratch. It. Let's do. Let's do. Just pick one of them. We're gonna do the question of the week or the why would you well, do that? Why don't we do the uh, the why would you do that? Because we've touched upon it a little bit. I, I have the video queued up. We we talked about it briefly a few minutes ago. Okay. Dustin May, you know, coming down with a season engine uh, ending. Tommy John. Season uh, engine. Season engine. Yeah. Straight line is up the middle. Divided by middle. two. Yeah. Uh, Tommy. <laughs> Medial John. collateral patella. <laughs> Inversely proportional to your external rotators. Right. So, Kevin, I'll let Kevin take this away, but yeah. So, lad, boys and girls and lads, this is what we're talking about. This is what is happening go, way so too So, this often. is our, we, we forgot our, you know, and the why would you do that? Um, why would you do that? This is, you know, with everything going on in baseball, the pitching labs, the video, this mechanic. I'm going to say is a teach. So if you want to back up one, one, when here, here's what every Tommy John person has in common, both feet planted and that now you've, you've heard in this show that Mike and all of us will, will call this arm lag. Um, there are people out there who, who say that this isn't arm lag, but your place. elbow shouldn't, as a right-handed pitcher, the point of your elbow should not be pointing to the right of second base when both feet are on the ground. Okay, so if you want to call it, I don't care what you call it, okay? The next frame is that is torso turning and that arm hanging out there. And what happens? Bam. And right there, the career of Dustin May just took two years off and he, and he tore his, his, you know, ulnar collateral or medial collateral ligament of his elbow. And he's out for two years. And this is a teach. Okay. Both feet on the ground, arm way behind you. And that will always, it's just a matter of time before that happens. And, uh, for my Tommy John prediction, he is not going to be the only Dodger this year whose arm, whose elbow goes down. There is another one. And I'll wait until that happens because there's another pitcher on the Dodger organization. Call it out right now. Trevor Bauer. That, that way you can look like a genius when it happens. Trevor Bauer. There's, Trevor Bauer is in the exact same position, even worse. 
Not he as like long, Chris though. he like Chris Sale has just gotten through the fact that he must have extreme flexibility in his ligaments. Um but Trevor Bauer is in a worse position than this, and it's only a matter of time before his arm goes. That's it. He's a lot shorter, though. I mean, is that anything? Is that? I mean, that's got to help protect him. I think a little bit, but you just well, like, he's like you, you, again, just like we talked about softball. You can't have big muscles turning with explosive power and leaving little muscles hanging out to dry. Right. Right. All right, fellas. All right. So there's a show. I thought that was a, that was a great show. That was fun. That was fun. That was fun. We got to talk about this more for sure. All right, guys. Well, hey. Yeah, uh, fans are clamoring to hear how Kevin and I did yesterday on the golf course. And, yes, unfortunately. Oh, uh, bad news. We were, we were preempted. Rain. Yeah. Womp, yeah, womp. Can't play in the rain. Womp freaking womp. Yeah. I yeah. Mean, but next week we'll be out there with our still play. We'll be can't playing. We, wait. Next week, should we, should we live stream while we're out there? We should. We could oh, do, do, that we could do a little live stream, don't but I'm still waiting for the photograph that's supposed to be up for our team photo, which I, is still not up there. Of the oh, tugboat right. and you know of, of tugboat and avalanche or whatever. <laughs> and typhoon. He also typhoon. Go, yes. Yeah. Well, he did go by tugboat at one point. It was earthquake right. and tugboat. Yes. Typhoon. They went as the natural disasters. Yes, the natural disasters are not. We're not. That's an appro- that's an apropos name for you two. For yeah. sure. And yeah. that, ladies and gentlemen, is the pot calling two kettles black. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I'll see everybody next week. Goodbye. Adios.